Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, the Virgin Islands Fire and Emergency Medical Services has suspended personnel who have failed to meet employment certification requirements. After a cancellation by the Division of Festivals, St. Croix Calypsonians United move forward with hosting the Calypso Monarch competition. The St. Thomas Police Chief is issuing a warning to owners of Kia and Hyundai vehicles. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Croix, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. After hearing rumors that there were potential layoffs on the horizon for firefighters, we spoke with Acting Director Antonio Stevens, who confirmed the news and clarified that those in jeopardy are personnel who have failed to meet the department's emergency medical certification requirements. Approximately within the territory, I think it was nine of them that we had to give letters to, uh, placing them on a 30-day suspension because they had not met the requirement. If they do not meet the requirement within the next 30 days from the time they received that, that letter, then they would be terminated again because they did not meet the uh, job requirements. All these employees um, that were in this situation are probationary employees. Acting Director Stevens said that it's sad that they have to do this because employees agreed to these standards when they first signed up. And coming to the fire service for orientation to join the fire academy, it was also explained to them and they signed another document saying that they understand that this is a job requirement. And on that same document, I also stated that if you do not meet these requirements, that you will be terminated. He says that the late director, Daryl George, even lowered the standard sum to assist firefighters in being able to meet the EMT certification. Instead of them needing to become an emergency medical technician to get off of probation, he lowered it to emergency medical responder. The difference is that emergency medical technician course runs about three months. Um, a EMR course um, runs about two weeks. Uh, each course, you still have to become nationally certified. So we provided you the training. All you have to do is become nationally certified. Firefighters will still have to eventually become EMT certified, but he says the EMR certification will help that process along. Uh, we understand that we don't have like a training facility here in a territory where we could just say, hey, go on an EMT course for us, and, and it's a, we could turn out EMTs one behind the other. So with that being said, it, it, it makes sense for us to do the EMR portion, and then as the EMT course becomes available, um, then we put, you know, where, where it's 15 or 20 students into the EMT program, and um, and that, that helps the agency. Right now, we have uh, two people away uh, in the states and a, and a paramedic course, and then we have some doing online paramedic training as well. Acting Director Steven says that's their effort to beef up the department's paramedic ranks. Right now, here in St. Croix, we only have one one paramedic, and he's retiring at the end of this year, uh, which puts a strain on us where we continuously having to depend on Pafford, who we are paying somewhere in, in the tune of like maybe $2 million, if not more, per year just to uh, have them here. 
when asked if there was a timeline for firefighters to make the transition to be an EMT certified, he said no. We didn't put a timeline on it. So it, when you first join a fire service, um, you're normally on a, on a one-year probation. Usually we try to make sure that you have you at least get your EMR training within that one year. If not, um, what we tried, what we've done is extended your probation in order to facilitate you achieving that goal. The bad thing about this is that you 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 still making that that um, probationary salary as opposed to your full salary once you come out of probation. Acting Director Stevens says ample time was given to firefighters to meet the requirements. For those that didn't make it within that one year, we extended it another year. Because again, remember I said we provided the course for you. But we understand not everyone learns at the same pace. Some may um, take a test and feel that you have three opportunities to take this uh, national test. Firefighters were placed on a 30-day suspension without pay. And he says the letter given to firefighters said that if they did not pass the required testing, they would be terminated. We gave them some couple of warnings and asking them to provide um, their path forward as to what, what their plans are to achieve their agreement, to meet the agreement that they agreed to. And they did not in a timely manner. And this is something that was planned even before the passing of Director George. We delayed it a bit because of, of his passing. Um, and then we did it in, in December. I am happy to, to say, though, that in the St. Croix district, four of the six um, that were in that situation has since tested and are now back to work since then. Uh, two, uh, unfortunately, have not tested as yet or have not meet the requirement. In the St. Thomas district of the three, two resigned and uh, one is still still has time to attempt to take the test in order to be successful. Several affected firefighters have filed a grievance in PERB, and Stevens says the matter will be heard at a January 8th hearing. The Virgin Islands Police Department is asking for help to locate a missing minor. 15-year-old Essence Turbay was last seen on Wednesday, December 27th, in the area of the Bovoni housing community wearing a green dress. She is described as approximately 5'2", weighing about 143 pounds, is of light brown complexion with brown eyes, black hair, and a slim build. If seen or you have any information, call 911 or the Juvenile Bureau at 340-715-5541 or 340-626-0759. The Virgin Islands Police Department also have stated that they've seen a notable increase in car theft and burglaries in St. Thomas and St. John, specifically for car owners of Kias and Hondas. We spoke with St. Thomas St. John Police Chief Stephen Phillips about it. Basically, my detective from the Criminal Investigation Bureau um, informed me that this, they saw this uptick and they had some concern because of uh, media trend of, um, and TikTok, um, how they're getting the vehicle started and then going for a joyride and um, leaving them, parking them in different areas. So I just let the public be aware that um, this is happening. You know, this is a trend. Um, it's, not, it's not a good trend that is happening here in our community. And also the community, just be aware of what is happening. And just make sure you safeguard your, your, your vehicle as, as best possible you can. Put in an alarm system and um, locking a stereo wheel like how we used to do back in the days. 
echoing remarks from St. Croix Police Chief Sean Santos on the department's crackdown of celebratory New Year's Day gunfire, Chief Phillips says that those who participate need to stop. The Sergeant for Arms for Celebration, um, it really um, poses a lot of danger to our community and members of our community. You know, what goes up, as I say, comes down and comes down in a, in, in a very fast velocity. Chief Phillips says people in the territory have been injured. Yeah, a couple of years back, um, we had an incident that happened in the area of Bovoni, um, where an individual accidentally um, shot. Well, I won't call it accidentally because it was reckless endangerment, being reckless. And, um, you know, you're jumping up and you're firing these firearms up in the air. It happened, um, so far I've been in the job for 23 years. I remember it happening um, once and twice and individuals that actually sit down. I think it happened on the avenue a couple of years back when a, a gentleman was sitting down in his home when a bullet came through his, his house and, uh, and, and killed him in, in, in his living room. He says they will be arresting those who participate. Celebrity gun fire is not only individuals with illegal firearms, even people who have licensed firearms, fire the firearms, you know, fire the guns in the air. So that's that's something that that, that needs to change. And so we're do, we're doing we do that aggressively. Um, basically, um, for the last couple of years, um, under my tenure, we we've been actually going towards the gun fire, attacking it, uh, and we we will continue our practice and making sure we can try to minimize as much. Um, I've just gone fired that it's happening and tried to um, put people in, in, in custody. Uh, I know it is a danger. Uh, I just want to make sure the community know officers are going in the line of fire um, and, you know, safety first. But we're going to try our best and I'll make sure we protect the community and our officers as well. You're listening to the WTJX News Feed. After discussions soured between the Division of Festivals and Calypso United, the annual Calypso Monarch Finals that was set for December 27th were canceled. We spoke with the Calypso Competition Chairperson, Dean Baptiste, to explain the breakdown that led to the cancellation. Well, first we, ca- we told the, the uh, festival committee that we prefer not to do the Calypso Competition in the village because it is not the, the most appropriate place. It wasn't suitable for a Calypso Competition. We have to be judging lyrics of clarity and stuff like that. You know, there's too much of distraction in the village. You have boots in there operating. People are coming in that's not really interested in Calypso going to the booth, children running around um, in, in the village, Coney Island going. I mean, there was just too much things happening to deal with a Calypso competition. You know, and we told them that we would want to do it at Island Center. Um, they didn't want to do that. And I, I really can't see why they didn't want to do that because we've been doing it as a, it was a paid event for, for over 30 years. And at no point, at no time in St. Croix, I think that it was a failed event. I mean, you know, that all the shows were always packed. Nobody ever complained about it. So I, I, I really didn't see why they had a problem coming there. He says that persons in the division of festivals do not respect the art of Calypso. And he feels they did not like his recommendations on how to host the competition show. They figure, you know... Why not not listen to him and pay attention to him? Let's just, you know, cancel them out from the village, which and I think 
it was not a good move because in, in any carnival or festival anywhere in the Caribbean, it's about Calypso and steel band. These are the things, you know, that, 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 that's where it started. These series of events, he says, is how the St. Croix Calypsonians United group was started. Everybody got together and said, well, listen, we need to do this. We need to get this done. And so we did that and we went to somebody to help us to put it together. And we are getting help from different people for putting this together on January 1st at Island. The same Island Center that they say was not ready for anything. That's where we're going to be because it is prepared and ready. We asked if the group would go to the table once again with the Division of Festivals to discuss the matters which Mr. Baptiste seemed reluctant to. The people that, that, that help us and try to get us to get this on this year, what should we tell them next year? Well, we're going back with Carnival, with Festival Committee, so we don't want your help again, and then, you know, when this happened again. No, we, 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 we could sit down and talk, but they, they, they have to be something we we have to come to an agreement that 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 both sides understand and uh, they need to understand where we're coming from and what we're saying and you know they we will understand whatever they're saying so long as they understand what we're saying the show will take place on january 1st at the island center for the performing arts and it starts at 8 p.m during a virgin Islands port authority board meeting board members learned from a port authority representative that on november 8th 2022 the Water and Power Authority installed a transformer with the wrong voltage and then attempted to energize the Molasses Dock cargo building on St. Croix. The required transformer that was submitted to VIPO for confirmation and approval was a 150 kVA 120-208 volt transformer. What was installed was a 300 kVA 277-480 volt transformer. When this transformer was powered, it was observed that the generator did not shut off, causing the WAPA contractor to presume that the transformer was the wrong side. WAPA was then immediately contacted to turn off the transformer, and it was shut off. A damage assessment was done and resulted with a price of just about $56,000. Executive Director Carlton Dow said the authority would cover the costs and then seek to be reimbursed by the Water and Power Authority. But we know that if we were to wait, for all of that stuff to go through, we wouldn't be to the top of the food chain. This news, however, seemed to anger former senator and current Port Authority board member, Celestino White Sr. WAPA is a bad actor. I am saying, yes, we know it's important that we get it done, but we also know that you're chasing a mirage. You're chasing a mirage in the desert. What is the amount due to the Port Authority by WAPA? for the rental space at Niski where the poles are. What are the monies that are due and owing as of this day? On behalf, I don't think we have that number in front of us. We can get it, but it's, in, uh, it's about 200,000 uh, and counting. 200,000. And how, 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 how long has this debt been uh, uh, going? This 200,000 for how long? For several years. Thank you. WAPA is a bad actor, a very bad actor. And we know the truth, we know the truth of the matter, yes, this 50-something thousand dollars is going to be paid by the port because it's necessary that we move forward. But it has to be, again, emphasized on the record. The Port Authority ordered something, uh, let me speak in layman terms, 150 watts or something like that, kilowatts, 
Waffle's turn double, 300. Blow the whole damn system. And Waffle's telling the central government every day, stand in line. I believe it was member Rodriguez that said it. Stand in line. You have to stand in line to get paid. But Waffle has once again demonstrated. They can't even read numbers. We see her every week. The government, the central government, is moving to the legislation for appropriation uh, to, to, to bail out Waffle. Mr. White moved on to inquire whether a type of trade between the authorities could be used to settle the debts. They want to have no leniency with you if you owe them. So is there a way to offset the $56,000? So I, I think that will come quicker than they're paying you. Is there a way that that could happen? We have tried to do that before in terms of telling them, okay, you owe us XYZ, let's offset it. But, they, um, you know, they talk about certain regulations they have and you know we even were trying to do something similar with a gen with a with a transformer in St. Thomas and we couldn't um, do it because um, some of some of those things depend on how they approach it they couldn't offset anything. Director Dow says despite WAPA's history of lack of payment he says the authority has every intention to be repaid. Port Authority position is that we're not going to forego none of the money that WAPA owes. I've already instructed our legal people as to a course of action with WAPA. The court will ultimately have to deal with it and decide. We're not throwing up our hands because if we had owed them, they're coming for their money or coming off our boat. That's one of the records to be clear. We expect to collect what is due to court. Board members in attendance did vote to approve the expense with the exception of Mr. White. You're listening to the WTJX Newsfeed. The Virgin Islands Board of Education recently extended the deadline for required educators to become licensed in early childhood education. We spoke with Board Chair Kaiser Callwood on the decision to extend that deadline. At an October 31st, 2023 um, board meeting, the board found it fitting to extend the deadline for one year to allow um, persons that um, that fall in that category um, to be certified. We have been working closely with our um, WellNi partners. Um, they have created micro modules where teachers can take those professional development courses instead of them having to go back all the way back to school. Because you know, some teachers graduate either with a, a degree in elementary education, some have secondary education, or the specific content areas. We asked what the consequences would be for teachers who do not get certified. Well, the, the board, of course, will um, utilize whatever strategy possible to alert them that this deadline is coming up. So we'll work closely with the department, principals, administrator, union to, in fact, um, let these teachers know um, that their, um, their certification is about to lapse. Um, so, of course, every situation will be handled on its own merit. Um, so I can speak to what will happen to them directly, but of course the board will do whatever strategy necessary to ensure that they meet compliance. The goal is not to get rid of any of our teachers, but to ensure that they meet compliance and help them where they are and take them where they need to be. So we'll have to work closely with the unions because I know the unions have um, in the past tied raises to certification. Mr. Callwood said there was no cost to teachers to take the required courses. 
those teachers decide that they want to use the micro modules or some teachers may decide well hey i'll utilize this opportunity to go do another degree where i can meet the requirements as well so teachers have varying options that they could utilize to meet the requirements Crucian filmmaker jordan paul is featuring a homecoming screening of his internationally acclaimed short film, Animals. We spoke with Mr. Paul on the inspiration of the film. Animals is like around 95% a true story from when I first moved to LA right after college. And I got pulled over by the LAPD and this experience happened where the police decided to give me a, a lesson in how you know the states kind of worked since I was in the moment. I was acting very naive, and like I could, I could. He could tell that I wasn't afraid of them. So I think he wanted to give me this experience of like, let me, let me put some fear in the, to this kid. Ten years later, he said the experience inspired him at the beginning of 2022 when he made the decision to do his first ever short film. It took around until like August 2022 to like start my. I did a crowdfunding campaign. I put it up online, and we got around 16,000 from the crowdfunding campaign. Uh, and that wasn't enough so that I had to keep campaigning and like bring it to different people outside. And we got a good couple more thousand to make the film. And we shot it in November in a cold, cold November nights in uh, Santa Clarita in California. And we got a crew together. One of my actors had to drop out day of because he had COVID. It was, it, it was a lot of stuff that went wrong, but it all came together and we, we made a film that people seem to love and I love and I can't wait to show it to more people. The movie has featured in numerous film shows and has been nominated several times, including for Outstanding Cinematography in the 2023 Michaud Film Festival and Best Short Film at the Montreal International Black Film Festival. I'm excited to see all my friends from high school and back home see it and see what I've been up to in L.A. The film will feature at the Caribbean Cinemas Theater on St. Croix on January 1st at 4 p.m. As we make our way down the WTJX news feed, we're turning now to our regional report. The Cuban government said that it will either have to increase prices for fuel and electricity or reduce rations for basic supplies. President Miguel Diaz-Canal said difficult measures were needed for difficult times after the minister of the economy said Cuba's economy contracted between 1% and 2% this year and the inflation ran at about 30%. Reporting for the AP News says that there were problems in the tourism industry, which is Cuba's main source of income, as well as in farm production. The economic crisis in Cuba has pushed hundreds of thousands of people to leave the island many attempting to reach the United States. There's a chance for scattered showers this evening, but it should be a sunny Saturday. We're turning now to the territory's weather forecast. Here's the latest look at the short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We'll find sunshine and clouds this afternoon area-wide. There's the chance for scattered showers, mainly near sunset. Temperatures will climb into the middle 80s at St. Croix. Winds from the east at 5 to 10 miles per hour. At St. Thomas and St. John, highs only in the lower 80s. Winds from the east at 5 to 10 as well. Any scattered showers will taper off to mostly clear skies tonight area-wide. 
Lows are cooler only in the upper 60s to near 70 at St. Croix. Winds remain from the east-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. At St. Thomas and St. John, a bit warmer. Lows only back into the lower and middle 70s. Winds remain from the east-northeast at 5 to 10. And bright sunshine will continue on Saturday area-wide. Highs are very similar to what we see this afternoon. In the middle 80s at St. Croix, winds from the east-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. And at St. Thomas and St. John, we'll find highs also up near the middle 80s with winds from the east-northeast as high as 10 to 15 miles per hour. That's the latest look at the short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX newsfeed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. And if you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. If you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you welcome the new year with hope and anticipation. And may 2024 be filled with endless possibilities and even some new beginnings. From all of us here, we wish you a happy new year. 